Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Well, good morning at the Crossroads Church and all those who are listening in online with us. So good to have you. Um, I'm going to open in prayer and then I'm going to dive right into the scripture, right into the word today. And uh, I want to uh, welcome all of you mothers who are online with us today. It is Mother's Day and we are so thankful for our mothers. Uh, there's, there's no words to express how grateful we are. We wouldn't be here without you. So that's the first thing we're thankful for, but also the courage that it takes to raise sons and daughters. And even though you've made mistakes, we all make mistakes, there's so much more to be thankful for in all that you do. So happy Mother's Day. Um, As we said earlier in the announcement, we are giving out Tim Hortons cards. We're calling it the warm and sweet treat. We want you guys to get out. It's good for your mental health too. Get in your car, drive down to the church, 1130 to 1230. We have a little drive through in our parking lot. We want to give you one of these, want to pray a blessing over you for the day and uh, want you to be encouraged. So uh, if you want to come down to the church, We'll meet you here between 11.30 and 12.30. But again, thank you, mothers, for all you do. I was reading through a book this, this week. haven't fully finished it yet. It's called Successful Moms of the Bible. Amazing book written by Katara Patton. And it really, she talks about the different mothers in the Bible and their character and what they contributed to and uh, how they raised their sons and daughters. Great book. Uh, one of the women she talked about was Jochebed, which I'm going to talk to you about a little bit today. Jochebed is the uh, mother of Moses, and she was a woman of courage. Uh, as, As you are listening to this, I want to encourage you, and I want to say this to you. You are women of courage to raise children, to lay down your life, to to, to raise your kids and pour into your kids, it takes courage. And so I want to encourage you, even if you feel you've made mistakes, and guess what? We've all made mistakes. You are a woman of courage. And so I want you to listen to this message and be encouraged by it uh, today. One of the things I've learned in life is never mess with Mama Bear's cubs. Bad idea, because Mama Bear, if you touch her cubs, you're in trouble. And you know, it doesn't even matter if, like there's women who are very um, introverted, soft-spoken, they're not aggressive, they're just kind of, you know, don't want to stir the pot type of women. But if you, if you touch their kids, they'll go for the jugular. And that whole temperament thing changes immediately. I mean, if you don't believe me about this, go and ask, interview a principal, and they will tell you this happens, right? You don't mess with the mama bear's cubs. All right. In other words, if you take one kid and uh, two mothers are in a room and they're both accusing the other kid as the one who started the, the fight or whatever, man, men, let's get out of the room because this is going to it's, it's going to go ugly. I'm telling you. And I've seen this. And even though it can get out of control, I believe that that's that's instilled by God. That's a protective nature that God has given the mother to protect her cubs. And it's a good thing. Unless it gets out of control, it's a good thing. Because um, we understand the Bible teaches us that men, okay, 
The Bible teaches us that man was created in the image of God. It says in his image, he created them, male and female. So when we talk about mankind, you don't have to use the word humankind, and the word man is in humankind anyway, but when we use the word mankind, it's not a sexist thing. It's actually speaking of the species of mankind that that God created, male and female. And so God chooses to be identified as father in the New Testament, but he's also very much a mother. As we read through the scripture, we see him referring to himself in, in a motherly, in a feminine sense, because he embodies both both genders, so to say. He embodies both uh, identities. And so we see this here in Luke chapter 13, verse 34. And Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you would not let me. And so we see Jesus talking about having a compassionate, protective heart just like a mother, all right? And God is like that too. We see in Hosea chapter 13, verse 8, God says, Like a bear whose cubs have been taken away, I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. Okay? That's like a a mama out of control and just putting, just going for it, okay? And um, I'm always careful... You know, when I'm making the kids' lunches, helping with the kids' lunches, and I'm like, are you sure there's no nuts in there? Let's make sure there's no peanuts in there because I know there's... See, what's going through my mind, first of all, is I want to make sure that kids at the school that maybe have a peanut allergy, of course, I'm thinking about their safety, but I'm also thinking about mama bear standing at my driveway with a butcher axe, okay? Or, you know, I'm... I'm I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, it concerns me sometime, right? Because you don't want to hurt mama's cubs, So we're going to read about the situation that Moses' mother found herself in. We have to understand that the Pharaoh was really concerned that the Hebrew children, they were multiplying and that they could take over or have more power than the the Egyptians. And so they were concerned. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave his order to the Hebrew midwives, okay? Shipra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If a baby is born a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. Just a little plug here. Everybody quotes Romans chapter 13. It says we have to submit to all governments and all orders of men. I want to tell you this right here. That's not always the case. If leadership is asking you to do something that's contrary to truth and conviction, you must obey God. And so here's, here in the situation, they refused. They said, we're not going to do what the king said because we're going to have to murder. And the Bible says, thou shall not kill. And so let's move on here. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? Well, the Hebrew women, this is their response, by the way. The Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, the midwives replied. 
They are more vigorous and they have babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. Now, I, I can't understand why the king didn't respond to this or react to this in the passage, but I, I would just assume that it's like my wife sometimes talks about her labor experiences with other, other window, women, and, and I just check out. And I think most of us men do. We kind of zone out or we leave the room because that's woman stuff. We don't want to talk about that. So he's, okay, okay, okay. And he moves on here in verse, uh, verse 20. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And so I want to honor these midwives. I mean, that they were women of courage, and they defied the king's orders to stand for truth and justice. And that, that is awesome way to go. And because, because they were women of courage, God blessed them with families. I want to tell you, God has blessed you with kids, and you are women of courage. Let's go to the next verse here. Verse 22. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. I want you to take a minute and think about this. Pharaoh did not give the order to his police force. He didn't give it to um, his army. He gave it to all the people. It's kind of like if our leadership, Justin Trudeau got out in the morning and stood at his pulpit and he said, I want everyone, I give everyone, everyone who's a citizen has this order. Okay, so it's not just, it's not just the, the police. This is, anybody can do this and is expected to do this. And we're going to read what that is. So the Pharaoh gave this order to all his people Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. And, and here's the thing. The people listened. Most, the people listened, and they threw their boys into the river, or they allowed their boys to be thrown into the river because of fear. You know, sometimes fear of losing our lives can cause us not to think about the lives of our descendants. We can compromise and give up our own convictions and give up our own freedoms to save our skin, but we need to always be thinking about the next generation. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1, About this time a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reed and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Some fer Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to the bathe in the river, and her attendant walked along the riverbank, and when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. A and so here, Moses' mother had courage. And he, what says here in verse 2 is, because she saw the baby was special, she said, I'm going to save that child's life. You know, 
Each and every mother, when you have a baby, you look at that child and the child is special, the, the child is beautiful. And I remember when we had our firstborn, and this happened with all our kids, but specifically, I noticed it the most with the firstborn. Um, when Josiah was born, it was like, hello, I'm here. You know, my, my wife was so in love with this new baby that I almost didn't exist. All right. And it didn't bother me much because I was so in love with the baby. I was focused on the baby, too. I was in love with my kid, too. But I noticed my wife was so kind of drawn and focused. She said, this baby is beautiful. I'm going to pour my time, my love, my affection into this baby. And Moses' mother said, I don't care what the loss is, and I don't care who my neighbors are. I'm going to hide this baby from this being thrown into the Nile River. You know, the Nile River, the river, water is always represented in Scripture many times as the world. And so the three-month time when she's protecting Moses from being thrown into the world, it's a type of the world. Mothers see that their children are beautiful, and they say, I'm going to protect my child from the world system. I'm going to take care of my child. She hides him away for three months, which really represents the adolescent years. And I find this, mom will always hide their kids from any pain. You know, if uh, there's family secrets, if there's things that have happened to you as a person, you want to hide that from your kids because you, don't, you want to protect them from any relational damage. Uh, some moms will take their kids and move them from school to school to school if there's any type of bullying. Why? Because there's this... My child is beautiful, my child is special, and I want to protect my child. And this was what Moses' mother was doing. And when she realized she could no longer protect him, she built a basket. This can represent the teen years, the adult years. She built a basket to keep Moses from sinking. And maybe you've built a basket for some of your kids. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Uh, Through words of affirmation through spending quality time, through physical affection, through financial support, maybe, um, you know, free Wi-Fi. I mean, that's helping your kids, right? Um, And most importantly, we build a basket when we lead them to a relationship with Christ. And so we build a basket and we cover it with pitch and we put our kid out onto the waters and so they can't sink, so the Nile can't have our kids and so that's why I see so many, you, you mothers, you're just like Moses' mother. You're mothers of courage. You protect your kids from the world system. You raise them up the best way you can. You, you build a basket. Maybe you have put money in a college fund. You have moved to an, an area where they can get good education. You have poured your life into your kids. You've built a basket to protect your kids so they don't sink in the world and become nothing. And so, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 6 to 10, I want to read that. I think this is powerful. So the baby was set out on the waters, and Miriam, the sister of Moses, is going through the reeds, watching where the baby's going to end up. 
And so the princess finds it. It says here, when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. And then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. So sister runs up to the princess and says, do you want me to find someone to feed the baby? The princess says, that's a great idea. Let's read on. Yes, do that, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. This is really good. And the princess says, take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own. The princess named, named him Moses, for she explained, I've lifted him out of the water. And here's the beautiful thing. The devil's plan was, I'm going to destroy the deliverer by killing kids. I'm going to kill all the boys so the deliverer can never be born. So we can stop the growth of the Hebrew nation. And a woman fears God and says, my child is beautiful. I'm going to hide him from the world. I'm going to build a basket. I'm going to support him on the waters. So because she chose to protect her baby, she focused on the fact that her baby was beautiful. And she said, I'm going to protect this child. God turned the situation around. She ended up getting paid by the Pharaoh to nurse her own child. The very child he wanted dead, who was going to become the deliverer, he paid to raise the deliverer that was going to take the Hebrew children out of his bondage. Isn't God good? God will use you women. He has used you women. I want to say this as well. Even if you don't, you're not a natural mother, maybe you haven't been able to have children, you're still a mother because mothers raise up sons and daughters. And you can be a spiritual mother too. One last verse I'd like to look at here together is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. I love this verse. It says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's commands. I want to say this right now. There's a famous president. I think it was President Roosevelt. He said, The only thing to fear is fear itself. And in regards to the COVID-19 and what's going to be coming in the next six months and how we deal with the situation, we have to remember we need to be praying first and foremost for our leaders and we need to be standing for our rights. And I'm going to say this because the decisions we make in the next six months, uh, if we allow fear and we're going to try to save our hide so much that we're going to neglect the next generation, we're not going to think about our children and their children. And so we need to remember too, we need to pray that our leaders will have courage and make decisions based on information, not based on fear. And so I want to encourage you to keep praying for our leaders. Okay, They need to make decisions not in fear of what could happen, but with our children and their future in mind. I want to look at a couple amazing moms from history. In 1826, Sojourner Truth and her baby daughter escaped slavery in Ulster County, New York. Soon after her escape, she heard that her five-year-old son Peter was illegally sold to a slave in Alabama. Truth raised money for, for a lawyer, filed a complaint in court, and successfully got Peter out of slavery. 
a landmark case in which a black woman successfully sued a white man in court. Truth went on to become a Christian preacher in New York City, and she toured the Northeast speaking about the Bible, abolition, and woman's suffrage. She has many famous quotes you can find online. Here are just a few. She said, that little man in black there, he says women can't have as much rights as men because Jesus Christ wasn't a woman. Where did your Christ come from? Where did your Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with him. The next quote is, truth is powerful and it prevails. Irene Sendler was a Polish employee at the Warsaw Social Welfare Department who smuggled almost 2,500 Jewish children out of the Warsaw Ghetto during the Holocaust, saving their lives. She used the codename Jolanta. She gave these children false identification documents, established temporary non-Jewish identities for them, and placed them in convents, orphanages, and Christian homes. Although the Nazis arrested her, tortured her, and sentenced her to execution, she survived because the Gestapo was bribed. She didn't give them any information about the whereabouts of the children of the inner workings of her smuggling operation. A mother of three children herself, Sendler received Poland's order of the White Eagle Award in 2003. One more lady, Anne Jarvis. Anne Jarvis inspired the movement that eventually made Mother's Day into a national holiday. After most of her babies died of disease, only four of her possible 13 children survived to adulthood. She wanted to help other mothers. She organized Mother Day work clubs in what is now West Virginia to help provide medical care, raise money for medicines, and improve sanitary conditions for poor mothers. After her death, Jarvis' daughter, Ann Jarvis, built off of the work of her mother by writing letters and giving speeches in support of Mother's Day, and President Wardrow Wilson designated Mother's Day as a national holiday in 1914. We could spend hours reading about women who were powerful mothers and who changed society. And so I wanted to just thank you again for being an amazing mom. I want to pray a blessing over our mothers today. And then we're going to hear a few words from some of the other elders here, uh, blessing you for Mother's Day. So, Father, we come before you. We thank you. Lord, for all the mothers represented online, I ask God that your blessing would be upon them, that you would help them and bless them this year as they serve faithfully as mothers. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.